0: We want a dynamite from the post rest in sight. you, lighting up the fuse. Sit back and enjoy
1: the bubble Which We hear from John and Way Tate. Where we're going, we don't need roads. And if the buck stops here, yeah, this thing might blow. Everything you hear are opinions of the show. if you don't like it, go to the Forbes and let them know. Let
2: them know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to Dynamite. It is John Pollock and Wei Ting, a packed night here in the world of professional wrestling. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing pretty good, John. Happy to be back. Happy holidays. That's right. When was the last time we talked? About a week. Well, you and I, uh, (laughs) you and I sometime between then, but at least on air. Um, About a week ago, last Wednesday.
2: I I have not done a show
0: since uh, a week ago with you so this is very exciting very much so and we have a lot of uh, lost time to make up for
2: so tonight we have a special format on the show which uh, we did a couple of weeks ago we are going to be getting right into dynamite off the top and reviewing that for about the next hour and then we are going over to the post wrestling cafe at the top of the hour and it's the return of the double shot as we will be going over to the cafe and Reviewing the Ric Flair documentary, and we are also going to go through today's news on the cafe. So if you want to hop on over, all levels at postwrestlingcafe.com will have access to the double shot, which starts immediately following Rewind a Dynamite. And we have lots of wrestling coming up over the next week. Uh, even tonight, there are multiple cards going on in Japan, in Mexico, where Moments ago, Dralistico and Dragon Lee unseated FTR as the A tag team champions. So mm. they're down to one pair of belts way. What will happen next week with FTR I'll, when they go look. to Wrestle Kingdom? That's the big question. The losing
0: streak continues.
2: Hmm. That that it does. So uh, there you go. We are going to get into Dynamite, um, a very packed edition of the show taking place from Broomfield, Colorado. Um, but just a heads up to everybody. First of all, thanks to everybody that checked out our Christmas show uh, that we released uh, over the past week. A lot of uh, great reception to our Christmas contest and the many guests that stopped by. I believe a new post-wrestling Christmas show record.
0: I think by last count, I mean... On the show, we counted 31, but I think it was closer to 30. Nonetheless, breaking the 30 barrier, um, I, I, I think a first for us here on the Post Wrestling Christmas show. So thank you all for joining us. It was a, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of our best.
2: Yeah, a lot of great chats on the show. You can check that out at our YouTube channel, postwrestling.com slash or youtube.com slash post wrestling as well uh, download the six plus hour behemoth of a christmas show and we're going to be back to our normal schedule uh with friday's rewind to smackdown after well wwe is in town they're going to be having a show minutes away from us way but we will not be at that show instead it is the final smackdown of the year in tampa so we will be live 11 p.m eastern this Friday night after Rampage and SmackDown with John Cena's big return. And then over the weekend, uh, we will have uh, a WrestleNomics radio dropping and coming up next week. It is the best and worst of 2022. Another monster show.
0: Yes. Yes. I have a feeling this one will be a bit long because we'll be condensing both, both the best and worst of categories into one particular show. Uh, And that means there's going to be a lot of talk. It'll be very, very comprehensive for everything that took place this past year. And that will be dropping one. I believe Sunday evening slash Monday morning. Is that it? Yes. Maybe we'll have the live premiere on Sunday night. That way people can get it in their boxes on Monday morning. Okay. So look out for
2: that Sunday night. Monday morning as you wake up, it will be there, uh, going through the best and the worst of 2022. And for Post Wrestling Cafe members, uh, we have put up the five-year anniversary show that we did in Newark, New Jersey. If you want to check out that 90-minute Q&A that Way and I did, uh, all members of the cafe get the video and the audio versions of the anniversary show, and we will be doing a cafe show next week covering Wrestle Kingdom. So uh, $6 gets you in the door. PostWrestlingCafe.com perks at all four levels, uh, including at the Espresso tier where you too can choose such legendary events like the WBF World Bodybuilding Federation Championships, WWF Superstars from 1992, or our next review, WrestleMania 8 from Indianapolis in the Hoosier Dome.
0: Coming up shortly, yeah. So a lot Very of bonuses soon. coming up in the post-wrestling cafe.
2: Let's get into Dynamite tonight, the final one of 2022 at the First Bank Center in Broomfield, which it was noted... At elevation, so even more impressive for that that trio's match we got in the middle of the show. But opening things up, Brian Danielson against Ethan Page, and out walks Stokely Hathaway alongside Ethan Page, wearing a baseball hat to cover his bald
0: head. His bald head, his bald head that uh, Brian Danielson um, challenged him to grow hair out of. So, um, were we going to get Brian Danielson? Um, Showing up with meat, maybe like a drumstick or something. Um, to his insult, re- retaliation, um, or, or a Trader Joe's bag, or maybe a Walmart bag or something. Yeah, this
2: is this is quite the uh, personal battle that they have engaged in. MJF appears and he is in the private box with a woman, unidentified, that he calls the the one hot woman in Colorado, and calls him brain damage Brian and watches the match, and that was all of the involvement of MJF on this entire show. Mm -hmm. Like, he was there, but this had to be maybe one of the most minimal appearances by MJF, I can recall.
0: Yeah, I don't know if this was just sort of like, you know, the gimmick where he'd go to a a different town every single time with, with like, a new, you know, female companion on his arm, or if this was supposed to be the introduction of somebody more permanent. um, Probably the former. But uh, really just kind of, you know, there to, to to provide his presence in the feud. That's all.
2: Yeah, just he physically was there overlooking this match. So uh, this distracts Danielson. So Ethan capitalizes and then Paige is like screaming up at MJF. And we see Danielson come back. These two chop one another. Their chests are so red. And then Danielson <laughs> stomps the Achilles of Ethan Page. Not enough matches uh, we get where they work over the Achilles of the opponent. That's what you go for in a fight. Go after the Achilles.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, um, you know, if 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 uh, you're playing basketball, for sure. Yeah. But in wrestling as well. Yeah. Weighs out for blood when he's playing pickup
2: basketball. Yeah. Uh, Hathaway distracts and then... Ethan hits a kick that sends Danielson off the apron. We go through the break. Uh, Danielson misses a flying knee off the apron that they attribute to Stokely Hathaway uh, getting in the way. But then Paige sends him into the steps, power slam on the floor, and then a slingshot cutter that Danielson kicks out of. Uses some up kicks, gets to the bell lock, but Paige gets to the rope. And then after a power slam off the turnbuckle by Paige, Danielson can't get up. The ego's edge gets stopped and then ducks a clothesline, hits the Busaiku knee, stomps, and Danielson applies the Regal stretch, which is not identified as the Regal stretch by the announcers, and Ethan Page goes out cold rather than submitting at 16 minutes and 25 seconds.
0: I found that pretty interesting. You know, the fact that, um, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world why Danielson would be using Regal's finisher. This is a whole story of him trying to get revenge for the guy who attacked his his mentor. Um, William Regal is is really the, kind of the central a central character in, in this entire program. So it makes sense why he uses the, 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 the move, but it um, shouldn't
2: surprising. it have been called out
0: and made a big, bigger deal of? Yeah, surprising that Excalibur, at least, you know, wouldn't be um, the first to notice it I mean, it felt like a pretty central storyline point, so it just kind of makes you wonder, you know, are they pulling back on on the regal specific mentions, even though this is an entire storyline crafted around him.
2: <laughs> so bizarre. It's like the guy's gone. He's going back to WWE and he's still like this looming figure over the the main title well,
0: storyline. Last week, it was not an issue at all. Like, you know, Brian clearly brought it up in the promo. Um, it could be nothing. We could be making – maybe Excalibur just, you know, decided not to mention it uh, because it, maybe it seemed obvious enough. But it was interesting at least. How mad that.
2: How mad can Danielson be when Regal has explained this was his plan to get this title on MJF knowing that MJF would kill him and he would be stuck with this title? Um,
0: Did he know MJF was going to kill him?
2: That's, he said he knew the risk of what he was doing, but he had to – he wanted to teach the Blackpool Combat Club one last lesson. And by getting oh. this title
0: on MJF,
2: it was going to uh, make him a target for everyone.
0: You you bring up some great, great points. OK, um. this was not the uh,
2: this was not the most smooth write out that they came up with. I understand that they had their issues, but. That that whole dream sequence of uh, this was recorded two weeks ago. I don't know. There was there were holes to say the least in this I, theory. I, I do not.
0: He disagree. was doing
2: John Moxley a favor by taking the title off of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, really. So Brian really should have nothing to, to be mad about. But
2: like this was kind of Regal's grand plan. He knew this risk, and it's like I can't be that upset over MJF's actions when Regal. F- it's like Regal ran into traffic and he got hit by a car. Well, you kind of know what you're doing when you're jaywalking. When you're MJ walking.
0: Very good. Very good. I was, I mean, I was but, on a roll there. That's you healthy. know, emotions are complicated, okay? If you're a family member of somebody who, is hit, who, who hit a jaywalker relative of yours, you'd probably be pretty upset at that person, too. You know, you you, you can't really explain. Uh, and this is something Brian Danielson can't help. He's going to attack the person that um, did damage to the person that uh, – I don't know – it's it it, we're supposed to forget that whole part of it john and we're just supposed to enjoy the program between these two they have a reason reason to feud it's it's relatively simple to understand he attacked my mentor i'm gonna get revenge forget about the video and forget about the turn forget about all this other stuff right um what do you think of the match
2: it it was it was a nice match i thought it was you know it, it was a well done match it was to me it was nothing that um blew me away but it was just it was a solid nice you know 16 and a half minute match and it was the crowd was they, it was it was a nice crowd that they had tonight in in colorado they seemed pretty lively
0: solid was how i would describe it too um and and maybe i've kind of found this about a lot of brian matches um they can be really great like we've seen um but sometimes they're just kind of i would say a bit forgettable you know they're 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 just kind of him going through some of his greatest hits obviously next week will should be very different with with him in seattle though we don't really know what what the (laughs) direction
2: set nothing up yeah like i mean i I would imagine they do something on rampage to set up danielson but it like there was no angle shot tonight that leads to a match unless you're doing someone else in the firm or like nothing was set up tonight like it feels Mm. like you're gonna get a rather cold match next week. If you're doing anything, um, Daniel, I really thought tonight would be something big with Danielson to set up next week.
0: Right. It, but you know how, how they are. Like they could just, you know, drop a graphic at the middle of the week and it's like Danielson versus Eddie Kingston or something. And this, this, you know, Seattle will go crazy for it. So yeah,
2: um, we'll we will see, but I, I would certainly want to have that announced at, at the taping on, on Friday rather than mm. a graphic just goes up on Tuesday afternoon. Renee interviews Wardlow, and he's tired of all the words between him and Joe. It's Tonight is about the actions. And Joe then attacks the man with a bat to the knee, um, the old uh, Nancy Kerrigan angle. And he takes out Wardlow and compromises the fate of this TNT title match. And Joe says, I did this to you, confirming what we just saw, that he was the man that did this.
0: Screaming. Why? 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 Why?
2: Why? why
0: horrible thing horrible thing um yeah no setting up a story for for the later later on in the show um we'll we'll discuss
2: hangman page is being checked on renee comes and asks for an update and he's very flustered um I, I kind of like this as like the subtle reason that he's annoyed by Renee because of this connection to John Moxley, but it's not mm-hmm. like spelled out. Like there would be a reason that Hangman, like Renee is a reminder of this guy that is uh, dominating his, uh, <laughs> that's forcing this man to get on a plane every week, even though he's concussed, to come to each city every week.
0: Yeah. Th- does he not have doctors back home? You know? Um, No, no, there's (laughs) one
2: doctor that can check on him and he's on the road with AEW and he needs weekly checkups Uh,
0: and he doesn't do zoom. So (laughs) trying to do this angle through zoom would be, I guess, uh, yeah, it would be something. Well, realistically, I mean, I, I would assume they. I, for his sake, I hope they, they shot all this last week. Um, like a lot of the talent, I, I would assume, uh, shot their backstage skit uh, segments last week.
2: Maybe MJF could have asked. He's like, "Could we? Could we just put me on the screen? Like I'm watching backstage with this woman instead of flying all the
0: way out here to be in the I mean, box? Do we have any live reports that he was actually in the press box? You know, could could they have possibly filmed him? Like, in, in no, in you the could see box? him there. Oh, you could actually see him. Okay. They had like the wide shot. Yeah. Anyway, so Paige, I hope for his sake, you know, didn't have to travel just to kind of shoot this segment. But um, you, you got to keep that feud alive. And I like the little kind of subtle allusions to Mox and Renee's relationship, you know, as well.
2: The doctor told him or the trainer that he's following the concussion protocol. And if he keeps going, he could be back in two weeks, which I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's necessarily how concussions work. That it's, uh, you know, you could be, you could wrestle in like two weeks just, uh, if you follow this, it's, uh, concussions are a lot less predictable. That's, I mean, are why
0: there timelines for recovery? Not, what? not, not a lot with
2: concussions. Like it's sort of, it can be, look at Adam Cole, dude. He's been out since June.
0: Well, maybe he just has a longer timeline.
2: Well, anyway, they're teasing the idea that, and he mentioned, like, that's the LA show. So they are teasing, like, this match could happen in LA. They're, that was certainly the hint here.
0: Well, uh, could he not just be cleared for LA, not necessarily having have a match with Moxley in LA? He could. It's
2: just LA is a big show, and I could certainly right. see them. Like, when you're looking at Moxley and Hangman, I do not see them holding off till March for this. So you have to look at the big dynamites, and LA is a very big dynamite.
0: That'd be quite the match, yeah, for that already very stacked card.
2: Moxley and Claudio against top flight, uh, top flight come out. And just the way they're walking out, they've got these grins on their faces and they're, they're having like they're explaining on commentary. Like they have a certain confidence about themselves now. And you know, some, some really clever stuff that they did in the battle Royal with them on rampage on Friday. And they take the fight to the BCC and they go after them first. And Darius clips the knee of Moxley from behind. And this was uh, John Moxley selling his knee for the duration of of this match, so we had, we had two major uh, knee injuries on this show to work our matches around between Moxley and Wardlow. Um, Claudio gets the tag and he does this awesome spot where he just continually. Irish whips Dante into the corner and hits him with a running European uppercut, then to the opposite corner, back and forth, back and forth until the crowd is just losing it from this repetition. This was just a great, great sequence ending with a drop kick by Claudio. I just thought it was tremendous. Just do something over and over, and you're just amazed at how he keeps going at this at this speed.
0: It's similar to, uh, you know, when when guys do like the tope suicidas, you know, one after the other repeatedly, or like in Claudio's case, I think we've seen him, do, you know, take some great hot tags where he just kind of like, it's like he grabs the invincibility star and just kind of goes wild around the ring. And it's one of the very spectacular cardio superhuman feats that we've seen him do in the past.
2: Then Claudio goes for the giant swing to Darius, and he's swinging him, but he's not the legal man. And Dante is in and starts leaping over his brother as he swings around him. It was like that. Do you remember those? Bop it? Not bop it, but you know what I'm talking about? That thing when we were kids that you had, and you could put it around your ankle and swing it, and it would count? You know yeah, what I'm, I'm talking bop about? it? Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. I think that's it. Skip it. Skip it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what this reminded me of.
0: Let's skip it with
2: his brother. Yeah. I mean, this was, this, this should be an option in the video game that you can play. A mini skip it with top flight and Claudio. Mm -hmm. So Moxley then uh, tackles Dante breaking up the cover. He's selling the knee very effectively. Uh, I-, I thought Darius, like, this was one of his best performances since, yeah. since coming back. Standing Spanish fly. Um, then there's a backslide kick out by Claudio into the neutralizer and everyone thinks this is over. And Darius kicks out of the neutralizer and the kick out was great. Claudio's reaction being stunned was great. He's questioning the ref and then. Claudio just goes to town with elbows. Moxley takes off Dante's head with a lariat. And then there's more elbows. A paradigm shift to Dante on the floor, which the camera missed, but they did get the replay. And then Darius fires back at Claudio with a slap. Claudio removes his mouth guard and kills him with one final European uppercut to win the match with the deadliest European uppercut in 1326. I love this ending. I love when guys win with alternative moves that educate you that a match can end with a different move. Um, They totally flipped us with the neutralizer and using the European uppercut. I thought top flight got a ton out of both the battle Royal last week with the elimination and then hanging with these two and giving them that that extra oomph to their characters in this. I, I thought this was a really tremendous match.
0: I like that, you know. Um, at least, especially with the the Blackpool Combat Club, and and really, you know, for a lot of AEW acts, I mean, the the emphasis isn't necessarily on having one spectacular finishing move. It's more so about crafting the feeling of the match, feeling like a finish. And in this case, it was almost like um you you had Claudio having to deliver the you know sort of like final uh, execution. Uh, role um you know by by delivering that one final sh- straightforward shot, nothing fancy, nothing technical, just a big you know athletic strike and i think I would say like we love claudio a spectacular like athlete but i i don't know if like the mean streak has necessarily translated from i think You know what is a very active, violent, physical style, but I I just haven't really gotten the sense of it in his personality. And I kind of got it here towards the end, where like you just kind of saw a bit of anger and rage in his eyes as he delivered that final euro uppercut, and almost stood there, almost like in shock of like the the type of zone he he found himself in. And I think it's something he he needs to kind of unlock to like take himself to the next level. So this was really great for me to see. Top Flight did really well using their high flying to make up for their lack of size here. Uh, But, you know, in doing so, it just it made Claudio and Moxley look like these monsters, you know, absolute monsters that they would have otherwise probably not necessarily felt like like back in the WWE, for instance, where they would only wrestle guys like either their size or bigger here, like both of them look like monsters. So it it, it was really great for all parties involved.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, there's a time you could have Moxley and Claudio go for the tag titles at at some point. Like, I think that that's an An option that you could use with these two.
0: I'm not at all saying you you should do this in anywhere in the near future, like because they're both so over and they're important as baby faces. But man, them as like a bona fide, like the BCC is like a real heel team would would be really interesting.
2: Renee is backstage with the best friends, Orange Cassidy kip sabian and penelope ford and kip eliminated orange cassidy last week and therefore feels he deserves the all-atlantic title match but then trent points out that i eliminated you so by your logic i get a title match so orange cassidy said yeah trent gets the title match first and trent gives him a look are you sure and kip is looking forward to watching the best friends face one another and that's going to happen on rampage trent challenging orange
0: cassidy sounds interesting yeah. Like, you know, anytime like two faction stable mates or tag team partners face each other, it's, it creates an interesting sort of like uh, built in dynamic. And it's certainly a match I'm looking forward to more than the, the match they're promising at the end of all of this and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy. I mean, it's, I'm really sorry. You know, like Orange Cassidy has, I think, had a pretty good run so far with the all Atlantic championship, but I would not classify Sabian as like <laughs> above. Many of the opponents that he's already had. And no Trent Seven.
2: Um, I don't think he he wasn't that he wasn't on the show last week, wasn't here this week. So
0: I, I don't know what his status is. If he's seems like a per date, you know, appearance like he's probably has established that connection, but might not be brought in every single week.
2: Hook comes out to take on Balaam Lynx. And this was the same hook match we have seen many times: uh, overhead suplex, cross faces, Red Rum in 57 seconds, and the backdrop for an angle. So ha- it,
0: it it was the same, but like I'm not complaining. Like I love these like hook squashes. We've had them for a long time on Rampage. We're getting them on a bigger stage now on Dynamite, and I think they're incredibly important right now to establish him to a bigger audience and also to set up <laughs> the type of match we want to see him have. With a more prominent, bigger, seven foot tall opponent,
2: or at least a spot with a bigger opponent, because Mm. they did a great job teasing this. Hathaway comes out with Big Bill and Lee Moriarty and calls them the Southwest Airlines of AEW, and
0: so they're going to go after Hook. When was was that? Is that like a like a a news thing? Like I I didn't. What's that reference?
2: I'm not up on the Southwest Southwest Airlines. Airlines. Really bad. Uh, well, no one talks about airlines in a positive light. So I imagine there, there's something going on with, with Southwest Airlines. Someone can uh, g- give us an update. Um, US blames oh, so- Southwest Airlines for meltdown. Uh, Southwest okay. Airlines creates chaos across America.
0: Uh, okay. Sorry, everybody. Like, we're, I'm so not, I, I know nothing outside of professional wrestling. So- Southwest Airlines flight cancellations continue to snowball.
2: I feel Southwest wasn't the only airline that was affected this past week, though.
0: But were they the, the cause of everything? Like, were they the first, the incites? Cancels
2: more flights, draws federal investigation. So, um, well, th- well, there, there you have it. So Southwest, bad week. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, would you be offended if you were called the Southwest Airlines of this show? <laughs> I. It's not a diss if you so. have to Google it to find <laughs> out what your insult is. So Jungle Boy is out. He attacks Moriarty on the ramp, and then Big Bill and Hook go. I would say face to face, but this was like face to chest. And just the visual was tremendous here. A very yeah. uh like Taz Pam Bam Bigelow feel to it. Totally. And they face off and Big Bill goes for the chokeslam, but Hook counters and he teases the T bone and this crowd, dude, they were just Ready to see this, Uh, but they saved it. And Big Bill goes again for the choke slam, and Jungle Boy hits him with a two by four, saving hook. And when they do this spot, and he t-bones Big Bill, uh, that place is going to go nuts. Whenever they do this, completely. And th- this is what I thought they were going to do with Wardlow and Sutnam Singh with the power bomb. And they never, they never, th- did they d- eventually do it with Sutnam Singh? Uh, I can't dude, even recall I now.
0: Re- I don't remember, man. Like once. I don't feel they I no did. Idea. I I mean, the fact that we we don't remember may, maybe says something about uh, you know how how worthwhile it was. I already have uh, you know a better kind of feeling about about this hook and, and big Bill thing. Um, to me, it's like a great use of a big cast in their company to basically kind of play big object for Hook to throw. Um, they, I, I want them to keep this tease out for, you know, quite a while before they, they actually give it to us. Cause I, I mean, it's, it's, it's the more, the longer you delay the, that gratification, I think the bigger the reaction is going to be. I thought hook looks so awesome here, you know, uh, first of all in the squash match, but in this stare down, he's got incredible, like, um, I think confidence in his face and him being this much shorter than big Cass or big bill and just looking at him not wavering at all like you've done such a great job of building Hook's stature to feel like he's a monster in the company already so now when you're actually putting him up against a monster it doesn't feel that unnatural nonetheless it will still be very impressive to see him you know do the move so i'm really looking forward to this like you know jungle boy hook team up and and even this tag match it's great for big bill and moriarty They recap
2: Jericho's loss to Action Andretti and then the fireball attack on him last week to explain his absence. And Jericho cuts a promo that Starks turned down an opportunity of a lifetime. He's foolish and small minded and will be a flash in the pan and that he doesn't have all the tools yet. He's going to school Starks next week because he is a wizard, the Ocho, and warns Action Andretti not to return to the to AEW. Leave with the highlight of your career and go back to the Indies, and he's putting an end to the Ricky Starks experiment when they face off next week in Seattle.
0: Yeah, decent promo, Jericho.
2: The follow-up to the Mogul Affiliates minus one key member. Um, Swerve explains that <laughs> they had to replace Keith Lee, and this is Parker, and this other guy... You'll learn about him soon enough.
0: <laughs> You'll learn from him uh, if you sign up to, to Fightful Select. <laughs> and then
2: Wheeler Yuta enters and challenges Swerve to get violent and dirty on Rampage. So it will be Swerve Strickland against Yuta.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they're keeping the mystery of this uh, tattooed man that, that we've now known as a former baseball player, um, Hidden, we we don't know his wrestling name. I'm 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 kind of excited. I I want to know the backstory that they've cracked cracked for this guy. (laughs) Knuckleball, yeah, sure. Um, and I more so want to just get a close up of some of these tattoos. Like what? what, I have no idea. What is going on there? I'm sure there's a deep meaning.
2: I'm sure one day he'll do a episode of AEW unrestricted and he will explain.
0: How do you go from like, you know, I, I guess nearly draft being drafted to like the, you know, major leagues and then deciding to tattoo your face up like this. What? Yeah. A, I, I, he looks interesting. I want to know his backstory already.
2: Yeah. I mean, like George Steinbrenner had the edict that like, you can have long hair play on the Yankees. I don't know what is, wow. uh, you know, if the man was alive, what he would think of, uh, huh. if this guy showed up at spring training, but maybe he'd be more open-minded in, in this current age but there you have it um not not the most uh wild follow-up from last week's big angle but no keith lee on the show selling the cinder block attack
0: as he should should not and yeah
2: cinder blocks and fireballs that's definitely a week off
0: you don't think lee will come in next week just to you know get get a flashlight uh in his eye to see if he's cleared he should have had to fly out
2: to just to check how bad, how bad things are. And then you have a, you know, torched up action and ready, you know, with a cane trying to find his way backstage.
0: I hope they didn't book him on Southwest.
2: Oh, I hope, terrible. I hope not either. Imagine being concussed and your flight gets canceled on your, on the way cool. to TV to get checked up for your concussion to then fly home right after.
1: It you sucks you to don't get don't have your bags?
2: in pro wrestling. You don't even get yeah. a vacation out of it. You still got to stay home. Death Triangle against the Elite Falls Count Anywhere. Match number six in the Best of Seven series. And it starts in the back. Uh, Don Callis is on commentary. And we have uh, Kenny Omega, who is dressed like an old school street fight, just in his jeans and uh, shirt as well. And, I mean, this match was just
0: you can't nuts. have a street fight in without jeans. Are you kidding me? Street Come
2: clothes on. for a street fight. I like it.
0: I like it. Even if you never wear jeans. I mean, if you're going to fight, you should wear jeans. So
2: I don't even know how to go through this. We Some of the highlights included a brain buster to Omega onto a wooden crate in the back and then Pack delivering a moonsault off risers. Then Nick comes off the same riser with a cannonball splash, putting Penta through a table. And then they make their way out to the arena. We had Phoenix Phoenix dude was unbelievable in this match. He had a tornillo off the stage and then get got his head sent into the next state with a V trigger. Matt Jackson did his Northern Lights to pack down the ramp, then caught Phoenix and did a double version of them. That was pretty impressive. Uh, we go through the break. Matt hits a Canadian destroyer after a three-on-one attack on Omega. They are back to uh even strength when Nick and Matt return. Omega's hitting the snap dragons, and then an a V-trigger delivered to Pack, who has a trash can over his head, followed by a Doctor Bomb on the can for a near fall. Penta saves from the one-winged angel, and then Phoenix comes in. Uh, he gets back body dropped, but lands into a Rana, onto Matt, hits a cutter onto Nick, and then hits a tope to the floor, which was just seamless the way he hit this, and just unbelievably great. Penta takes a Meltzer driver on the floor, the save is made, and it's Falls Count Anywhere, th- so they could go for the fall on the floor. Uh, Nick comes in, th- whipping chairs at everyone, there's a BTE trigger to Penta, Pack breaks that up, and then avoids the Meltzer driver, ducks the super kick, and Matt hits his brother Nick, and the brutalizer is applied on Matt, and it looks like Matt is going to submit. But in the split screen, we see Omega on top of a balcony hoisting up Phoenix for the one winged angel and hits it off the balcony and pins Phoenix before Matt submits. And therefore, Omega steals the win for his team and deprives Pac of ending the series. So you had Pac frustrated at. The ending, uh, seventeen minutes and ten seconds, and uh,
0: outstanding falls count anywhere match. Spectacular, um, as as you've come to expect. Um, The fact that we know the outcome or knew the outcome going in, you know, to uh, game game six of of seven here, I, I, I don't think it made this match any less compelling. I thought what we came to see is not necessarily the finish or not necessarily who's who's going to win or lose, but to see the creativity um of this these six incredibly creative people in the confines of a false count anywhere match. And I thought they completely delivered, you know, from the beginning with some great design of of a lot of very unique spots. Um, the type of, especially in the finish, I thought it was like the type of finish you can really only do in a multi-main Falls Count Anywhere match where one finish was going on while the other person thinks that they had it, had it done. Um, and then, of course, you had, you know, the same lightning fast, precise execution of all their incredibly, like, well-designed sequences that you've come to expect throughout this entire feud. So... Spectacular finish, uh, and a very good addition to the series. I would not classify this as like the best, but like a very welcome. Very- this was
2: high for me. This, this was like two or three. This might have been number two wow. to the pay per view match. I really love this match, I thought it was tremendous. And, um, yeah, it, I like everyone is just pointing out, oh, it's so predictable that they're gonna go seven. It's like if they Doesn't lost matter. tonight, everyone would be saying, well, that was dumb. They deprived everyone of the seventh match. It's like, yeah, the, this is a best of seven series.
0: And even though the outcome is predictable, you don't know what it's going to look like. And it's, it, it's the, what it's going to look like. That is the most appealing aspect of it all. You know, Yeah. it's,
2: I don't know. I, I might be in the minority, but it's like, I'm watching these matches. It's like, I'm not caring about the winners and the losers, but these, these are spectacular matches. And I think that the match in two weeks is going to be something else. Um, and probably yeah. is going to be like 20, 25 minutes of, of television time that they have at, at the forum. So that should be, you're, you're going to get two in, well, you include this like three straight weeks of pretty big Kenny Omega matches that he has on, on his plate.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then in the unenviable task of following that Anna Jay and Ty Mello took on uh, first, first we had uh, our, our buffer, which was the acclaims latest diss track with Billy Gunn and this this diss track on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal <laughs> included lines that uh, Jeff Jarrett has not been relevant since 2004 scheming like global global force gold you're a carny the worst Jeffrey since Dahmer stealing money like it's Kurt Angle's wife you couldn't draw money I'll pimp slap you you'll see stars like a password and to Jay lethal, you're a 20 year veteran and no one's impersonating
0: you <laughs> lost the flair. He was 74. Uh, you've been in TNA so long. You've got Stockholm syndrome. Uh, Jared carries a guitar, but can't play one lick. Only thing he strokes is his, um, you know, it's some <laughs> great lines from here. This was really, really strong in terms of writing. However, like, I I don't know if these are ever as impactful as like him just coming out and like delivering the lines like in front of a live audience. I think these are great and and they might have like great viral value that I'm not necessarily aware of. But at at least like watching on TV, I almost like might have preferred him coming out and delivering these lines live, you know, directly at at, at Jarrett, just so you could hear the crowd react to them with their oohs and their ahs and their oh shits. In the context of a song, it's just kind of like it just kind of comes and goes. You don't really hear the crowd react to it, so you don't know how impactful the lines are, uh, always are. Um, like the song, I, just, I I thought it was actually good, but like I guess in the context of professional wrestling, it almost it might work even a little bit better. You know, just kind of doing it live and slowing down the tempo a bit more.
2: All I want is the Jeff rebuttal,
0: completely, please. Get Rick Ross to help. I don't care. You know something, please. We need the Jeff Jarrett rap. Uh, so
2: I, I, I thought this was this was pretty great. Um yeah. Quite, quite the the well put together line. Um. All right. Uh. Can, can we go over any uh, AAA results?
0: Yeah, sure. Spoil. Uh, spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, skip, skip ahead. Uh, I don't know, a minute. Okay, I'll I'll save it for the end. I'll save it for the end. Uh, Anna Jay and Ty
2: Mello versus Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. So they took control of Willow, uh, go through the break. Ruby gets the hot tag and is driving Mello's face into the buckle, hits the no future onto Mello, who kicks out of it, and then Mello hits a pump kick to Willow that they explain is one of the best pump kicks in AEW, which would come into play later. They're double-teaming Mello, ends with a suplex, save is made, and then we are getting into near falls. The DD tie is delivered to Soho. Soho, but Willow tackles Anna, making the save chops between Ty and Soho. The crowd is chanting for Ruby. They trade headbutts and then Ruby collapses on top of her. Willow gets sent into the post with her shoulder. Anna gets a chair and then Aubrey grabs the chair. And with her back turn, Ty gets another chair, handing it off to Ruby and hits the devastating pump kick to the chair into Ruby's face. And then the Ty KO. Uh, Again, the move that she broke her nose with and pins Ruby Soho in 11 minutes, 58 seconds. And uh, this was Ty Mello's booking that she took on Wednesday night when she was announced for both this and the
0: AAA card on the same night. I would assume she did she have much choice? You know, this is her home home promotion, right?
2: I mean, mean, it's it seems that it was, um, yeah, a, a, a necessary move that they well. I, I don't know all the details of, of how it all uh, worked out, but uh, Triple A, uh, to their credit, uh, continued to advertise Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello, and never announced the uh, that they were off un- until the actual show began, and they announced their replacements for them, even though it was known for several days they would not be on the show.
0: So, was the spoiler supposed to be? You're telling me the, the, who the replacement was?
2: No, no. the The, the replacements oh. were. I, I mean, it was um, you know a, okay. s- a
0: small thing. Um, anyway. Okay. Good match, yeah. I thought. I thought all four women did really well. They
2: got the crowd into this, and dude, coming off that Falls Count Anywhere match, I mean, if there was a match that the audience was going to sit on their hands for, this was going to be it. And they got yeah. this audience into things.
0: Yeah, I, I in particular, um, thought there were some really nice tag team sequences between Ruby and Willow. we were seemingly getting a little bit of story between these two, uh, you know, that that are looking to create some sort of odd couple permanent tag team situation that's going on um because willow is so happy all the time it it's kind of prompting ruby to kind of play the more constantly pissed off you know um always aggressive type of uh um um uh i i, I guess a partner and it, it's made her at least in this match a lot more aggressive in ring and and i think as you saw with like Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter and, and with Tony storm, like that added aggression is, I think what catches people's attention uh, when, you know, uh, in the women's division right now in AEW. So I'm, I was happy to see it here. Ty J I think are actually a very good heel tag team. Um, Ty Conti I think is, is, is actually a very good heel. She knows how to control the crowd. And I think Anna J is, is improving really well as well.
2: Lexi see air interviewed the guns who are leaving because they have reservations and they'll address their win over FTR. Next week. Gotta wait till next week. Rampage on Friday. We will hear from Jamie Hayter. We will hear from John Moxley. And then Orange Cassidy against Trent for the All-Atlantic All, uh, all Atlantic title. Jade Cargill against Kiara Hogan for the TBS title.
0: And Swerve versus Wheeler Yuta. So, uh, a nice lineup for for Rampage. Swerve and Yuta I'm looking forward to. But, I mean, yeah, not necessarily, like, the most important. Um Maybe this is where MJF, you know, will we'll do stuff.
2: That... Again, I would have advertised that if like MJF was going to be on Rampage again, like that should be announced. Like, yeah, you can put the graphic out uh, the next day, but, you know, use your use your audience, because if you announce MJF will speak on Friday, I feel that would that would be something meaningful people would want to hear. And then Dynamite next week, all they've announced is Starts and Jericho with more to come on Rampage. So probably by Thursday morning, people will know uh, some more matches. It is
0: the new Dynamite, everybody. That's right. New year, new Dynamite. Yeah, so I, I'm—I mean, more than the mat, the card itself. I'm looking forward to seeing what the new set looks like, uh, what new graphics packages we're going to get, and what new introductions we're going to get. The trailers have uh, been airing, and they look really good. You know, I think we're we're probably going to abandon the rainbow color scheme, um, that Dynamite has kind of been accustomed to, or whatever like color scheme. I don't even know if it really has that much of a color scheme beyond like black, um. So this one is looking like a bit more kind of bluish reddish. I'm looking forward to it. It's looking pretty fresh in the trailers.
2: Renee interviewed Ricky Starks and Renee said that next week, it's arguably the toughest opponent of your career next week, um, which is, he says he's going to get revenge for Action Andretti. He is a star that Jericho can't control. And I think for myself, and you're not ending any experiment because I'm not an experiment. I'm going to put on a masterclass in whipping your ass. I've got a big mouth and a bad attitude, and I will take you down several notches. So,
0: yeah, um He sounds so good. This is probably another thing he probably just recorded last week, like so that, uh, you know, the, the roster didn't have to come in. But, like, even after doing the segment he did on dynamite just being able to like come out in the back and deliver a segment like this i i mean man this was so good just untouchable confidence great lines great substance between his words so really good
2: And the main event is Samoa Joe and Wardlow for the TNT Championship. Joe cuts a promo that Wardlow is suffering from stage fright, so we probably won't see him tonight, and said he was going to call out one of the Denver Broncos, but you've already suffered enough L's this year. And then Wardlow hobbles his way out, and he overcomes the doctor's orders, and he is going to come in, and the match begins. So Joe lifts, snaps the man's knee, and grounds him. Uh, Joe gets dropped off the turnbuckle, and Wardlow is able to put his ACL back together to hit a swanton off the top. And then Wardlow follows with German suplexes, scales to the top for a whisper in the wind. And then Joe kicks out of that. The crowd is chanting for Wardlow, and he finally hits a powerbomb out of the corner. He goes to start the powerbomb symphony, but the knee gives out. There's a chop block by Joe and locks on the coquina clutch. And Wardlow goes out at 12 minutes and 12 seconds. So two pass-out finishes on this show as well. and Joe. Stands in the ring, and you think he's going to shake hands with Wardlow and show him respect, but instead bashes him with the belt, goes underneath the ring, and grabs a toolbox, and he pulls out a pair of scissors, and he nails Paul Turner, which they say he's going to have to pay for that, and then cuts off the man's hair. Wardlow loses his 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 ponytail, and then Man Darby— bun. His man bun is gone, which might have been a gift that Wardlow is not aware was given to him. And then Darby's music plays. He attacks from behind with the skateboard and holds the TNT title as Joe retreats at the end of the show.
0: Um, first of all, I, I thought the match was really strong. You know, probably Wardlow's most significant match since his MJF feud. Uh, I thought we got to see a bit of a different side to Wardlow here where, you know, he was coming in as the underdog, selling that knee throughout I thought, um, like, the Wardlow problem has been, like, he seems to be very su- successful at doing the squash match. Beyond that, you know, can he create a compelling 15 minutes? And I think as the underdog here, battling a very, very strong, very dominant, very evil Samoa Joe, um, I I thought he was great. You know, what Wardlow does really well in his spectacular high flying for a big guy, I thought they positioned really well to to make look like they were kind of like desperation moves and throughout the whole thing selling that knee incredibly well you know uh, hitting every single one of those high flying moves and then like the the repercussions uh being immediately felt on, on the knee i thought it was really strong so very good low performance and man samoa joe is really kind of like coming in into his his own like finally achieving more of that great like sinister heel status we've been missing since his last heel run in, in the WWE. And then on top of it all, just cutting the man's hair in this little ponytail that I hope he somehow wears or just, you know, comes out to the ring, like waving around, uh, for the rest of his days. Uh, that was, it's, it's just so awesome.
2: Yeah. I, I thought it was a nice match that they had. They had like a story here with, with, with the knee and such. Um, uh, I- yeah, overall, like, I think the key was you got the audience really into Wardlow, which he badly needs. I was, a, I was a bit surprised because I thought this was kind of tailor-made for him to win, win the title back at, at the end. But I'm not complaining that Joe is sticking with the belt. I think he's been very strong in this role. And obviously this is a program that's going to continue with Joe and Wardlow.
0: You, I guess you would think so. Although, like, man, you've already lost twice to Joe. You lost your belt. You lost your man bun to Joe. You know, like, how much more can like you really try? Well,
2: oh, that that would be right? pretty um, detrimental, I would say, for Wardlow to just say. You know what? I I can take a hint. Time to move Maybe on.
0: they'll have a match I've for lost the everything. man for the man bun. You know, forget the title. I think Wardlow should just challenge Joe to get his little man bun.
2: <laughs> it's not like you can go after Joe's hair. I mean, so it's true. I guess yeah. it's just the belts he can target i, I you know but what I, does Wardlow I, have to offer now? He's lost his hair um like what what can he even offer uh, to, uh he's for got another a, match he's
0: got a nice beard, you know maybe i don't know, maybe some beard hair uh <laughs> i don't know dude. i am I'm, I'm not really entirely certain that like they're gonna continue because Darby looks to be the next program, okay um. And Joe is clearly the more valuable property right now. You know, Wardlow might be your future, but I think Joe, Joe is the now. He's a guy that you can, you know, build a Ring of Honor around. Whereas Wardlow, I don't know if you like should kind of start him back up, like from, you know, a, a, a different direction.
2: Well there you have it. That was dynamite. Uh in a couple of minutes we're going to be flipping on over to postwrestlingcafe.com so for our patrons uh if you check your inbox there is the link there to join us uh in that room. Uh, I think before we uh we sign off here we will go through the uh the feedback that we got for dynamite. So we will go to Jay in Colorado who attended the show tonight and says that um He's typing this as they're getting ready for Rampage. I was one of the guys wearing the Brandon Cutler tracksuit in the first couple of rows. Great crowd tonight. We only have had one show here, and it was the second to last before the pandemic. So it's been a while. The energy felt good. Nothing crazy happened off camera. But after the show, Wardlow grabbed his hair and threw shit around. Tony Khan came out a few times. Ortiz came out to get the energy up for Rampage and tell us about the new Santana and Ortiz sneakers.
0: Antana and Ortiz sneakers—they're still together. I thought they—they they broke up as a team. Long well, time ago. they've got sneakers together. That okay, might be, well, that might be kind it. of awkward. Where is Santana? He's hurt. Oh, okay. He's All been right. Out for a while, you're gonna get these shoes. No, no, I won't be. All right, cool. That's nice. Do you Anything want to the other one here? Oh yes, yes, of course. We go to uh, Brian. From New Jersey who says, heck of a show with a lot of great wrestling. A show long story to lead into the main event. Very solid stuff after the main event and solid build for the weeks ahead. Short stick drawn by the women unfortunately. Great spotlights for Top Flight and the still reigning king of television. Happy that Dante Martin is still in there with the main event talent after moving back to a tag team role. Terrific music video from the Acclaim. Yes. That is correct. Hey, we have a super chat here to get to actually and this one comes to us from David Porges who sends us 69.90 69.90 I believe David is from Israel, so I, I'm not familiar with the currency that's used, but um, that's a great sounding number. Thank you so much, David. He says, Merry Christmas to you, and John, and Way and your lovely families. Thank you so much, David, honestly, for all the uh, constant support over the years. An
2: Espresso executive producer, David Porgas. So a Merry Christmas to you as well, David. Thank you very much uh, for that. All right, so we're going to shift on over to postwrestlingcafe.com. We're going to be launching up there in just a couple of minutes. Ric Flair documentary review from the doc that aired on on Peacock this past week we're also going to go over some of the news headlines from the past couple of days and catch up on those including uh, the passing of Stefan Bonner uh, Dax Harwood's uh, first podcast discussing CM Punk and uh, we'll also go over uh, some of the cards that are coming up over the next uh, couple of days on top of that so thank you to everybody for joining us and we will speak with you in a matter of
1: minutes.